This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of me reading things to you because I love it. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I'm your host, Liv, she who who loves to read aloud. I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. So here we are, and thankfully, you all enjoy it too. And how could you not? It is Ovid's Metamorphoses, motherfuckers. Oh, it's perfect and wonderful, even when it's a stuffy old translation with weird words that I have to translate in the moment so that I'm not saying shit like thou and thy and twain to you all. Why was twain ever a thing? Do you know how many times I've had to like re-record something because it's like, oh, and he was cut in twain and I just have to take a beat and be like, what is this actually trying to say? It's just a, it's a deeply unnecessary word. Thank you for coming to my TED talk about the word twain. Well, with that mad introduction out of the way, shall we jump right back into Ovid's Metamorphoses? Shall we get back into this this wild world of transformations and tragedies and deeply weird mythological scenarios? Today's will begin with something familiar, because we are back with that cursed family of Thebes, with that daughter of Cadmus that I told you about only a few weeks ago. I know. And not I know, but I know. 
right? Her name's difficult. I-N-O. This is Ovid's Metamorphoses, translated by Brooks Moore, Book 4, Part 2. Throughout the land of Thebes miraculous, the power of Bacchus waxed, and far and wide Ino, his aunt, reported the great deeds by this divinity performed. Of all her sisters, only she escaped unharmed, when fate destroyed them, and she knew not grief only for sorrow of her sister's woes. While Ino vaunted of her mother's joys, and of her kingly husband, Athamas, and of the mighty god, her foster child, Juno, disdaining her in secret, said, How shall the offspring of a concubine transform Meonian mariners, overwhelm them in the ocean, sacrifice a son to his deluded mother? who insane tears out his entrails, how shall he invent wings for three daughters of King Minyas, while Juno, unavenged, bewails despite? Is it the end, the utmost of my power? His deeds instruct the way, true wisdom heeds an enemy's device. By the strange death of Pentheus, all that madness could perform was well revealed to all. What then denies a frenzy may unravel Ino's course to such a fate as wrought her sister's woe? A shelving path in shadows of sad yew, through utter silence to the deep descends, infernal, where the languid Styx exhales vapors, and there in the shadows of the dead Descend after they leave their sacred urns, and ghostly forms invade, and far and wide those dreary regions horror and bleak cold obtain. The ghosts arrived not know the way which leads to the Stygian city gates, not know the melancholy palace where the swarthy Pluto stays, though streets and ways a thousand to that city lead, and gates outswing from every side, and as the sea was never seen increase engulf the streams unnumbered of the world, that realm enfolds the souls of men nor ever is it filled. Around the shadowy spirits go, bloodless, boneless, and bodiless. They throng the place of judgment, or they haunt the mansion where abides the utmost tyrant, or they tend to various callings, as they will weigh. Appropriate punishment confines to pain the multitude condemned." To this abode, impelled by rage and hate, from habitation celestial, Juno, of Saturn born, descends, submissive to its dreadful element. No sooner had she entered the sad gates than groans were uttered by the threshold, pressed by her immortal form, and Cerberus, upraising his three-visaged mouths, gave vent to triple barking howls. 
She called to her the sisters, night begot, implacable, terrific furies. They did sit before the prison portals, adamant, confined, combing black vipers from their horrid hair. When her amid the night surrounding shades, they recognized those deities uprose. O oh, dread confines, dark seed of wretched vice, where stretched athwart nine acres, Titius, must you endure your entrails to be torn. O oh, Tantalus, you cannot touch the wave, and from your clutch the hanging branches rise. O oh, Sisyphus, you can't not stay the stone, catching or pushing it must fall again. Oh, you Ixion, world around, around, yourself must follow to escape yourself. And oh, Belides, plotter of sad death upon your cousin, you are always doomed to dip forever, ever spilling waves. When that the daughter of Saturnus fixed a stern look on those wretches, First her glance arrested on Ixion, but the next on Sisyphus, and thus the goddess spoke. For why should he alone of all his kin suffer eternal doom, while Athamas, luxurious in a sumptuous palace, reigns, and haughty with his wife, despises me? So grieved she, and expressed the rage of hate that such dissent inspired, beseeching thus— no longer should the house of Cadmus stand, so that the sister furies plunge in crime overweening Athamas. Entreating them, she mingled promises with her commands. When Juno ended speech, Tisiphone, whose locks entangled are not ever smooth, tossed them around, that backward from her face such crawling snakes were thrown. Then answered she, since what your will decrees may well be done, why need we to consult with many words? Leave you this hateful region and convey yourself contented to a better realm. Rejoicing, Juno hastens to the clouds. Before she enters her celestial home, Iris, the child of Thaumas, purifies her limbs in sprinkled water. Waiting not, Tisiphone, revengeful, takes a torch, besmeared with blood and vested in a robe, dripping with crimson gore, and twisting snakes engirdled. She departs her dire abode, with twitching madness, terror, fear, and woe, and when she has arrived to the destined house, the doorposts shrank from her, the maple doors turned ashen gray, the sun amazed fled. Affrighted, Athamas and Ino viewed and fled these prodigies, but suddenly that baneful fury stood across the way, blocking the passage. There she stands with arms extended and alive with twisting vipers. She shakes her hair, the moving serpents hiss, they cling upon her shoulders, and they glide around her temples, dart their fangs and vomit corruption. Plucking from the midst two snakes, she hurls them with her pestilential hand upon her victims, Athamas and Ino, whom, although the vipers strike upon their breasts, no injury attacks their mortal parts. Only their minds are stricken with wild rage, inciting to mad violence and crime. And with a monstrous composite of foam, once gathered from the mouth of Cerberus, the venom of Echidna, Purposeless abhorrence, crime, tears, 
hatred, the lust of homicide, and the dark vaporings of foolish brains. A liquid poison mixed and mingled with fresh blood in hollow brass and boiled and stirred up with a slip of hemlock. She took it, and as they trembled, threw that mad mixed poison on them, and it scorched their inmost vitals. And she waved her torch repeatedly within a circle's rim and added flame to flame. Then, confident of having executed her commands, the fury hastened to the void expanse where Pluto reigns and swiftly put aside the serpents that were wreathed around her robes. At once the son of Aeolus, enraged, shouts loudly in his palace, Oh, my lads, spread out your nets, a savage lioness and her twin whelps are lurking in the wood. Behold them. In this madness he believes his wife a savage beast. He follows her, and quickly from her bosom snatches up her smiling baby Lercus, holding forth his tiny arms and whirls him in the air, times twice and thrice as whirls the whizzling sling and dashes him in pieces on the rocks, cracking his infant bones. The mother, roused to frenzy, who can tell if grief the cause, or fires of scattered poison, yells aloud, and with her torn hair tangled, running mad, she carries swiftly in her clutching arms her little Melichertus, and begins to shout, Evo, Bacchae! Juno hears the shouted name of Bacchus, and she laughs and taunts her. Let your foster child award. There is a crag outjutting on the deep, worn hollow at the base by many waves, where not the rain may ripple on that pool. High up the rugged summit overhangs its ragged brows above the open sea. There, I know climbs with frenzy given strength and fearless with her burden in her arms, leaps into the waves where whitening foams arise. Venus takes pity on her guileless child, unfortunate granddaughter, and begins to soothe her uncle Neptune with these words. O Neptune, ruler of the deep, to whom, next to the power in heaven was given away, consider my request, open your heart to my descendants, which your eyes behold tossed on the wild Ionian sea, I do implore you, remember they are your true deities, are yours as well as mine, for it is known my birth was from the white foam of your sea, a truth made certain by my Grecian name. Neptune regards her prayer. He takes from them their mortal dross. He clothes in majesty and hallows their appearance. Even their names and forms are altered. Melichertus changed is now Palaemon called, and I know changed Leucothoe called, are known as deities. When her Sidonian attendants traced fresh footprints to the last verge of the rock and found no further vestige, they declared her dead, nor had they any doubt of it. 
They tore their garments and their hair and wailed the house of Cadmus, and they cursed at Juno for the sad fate of the wretched concubine. That goddess could no longer brook their words and thus made answer, I will make of you eternal monuments of my revenge. Her words were instantly confirmed. The one whose love for Ino was the greatest cried, Into the deep, look, look, I seek my queen. But even as she tried to leap, she stood fast-rooted to the ever-living rock. Another, as she tried to beat her breast with blows repeated, noticed that her arms grew stiff and hard. Another, as by chance, was petrified with hands stretched over the waves. Another could be seen as suddenly as her fingers hardened, clutching at her hair to tear it from the roots, and each remained forever in the posture first assumed. But others of those women, sprung from Cadmus, were changed to birds, that always with wide wings skim lightly the dark surface of that sea. Unwitting that his daughter and his son are ocean deities, Agenor's son Cadmus, depressed by sorrow and unnumbered woes, calamities and prodigies untold, the founder fled the city he had built, as though fatalities that gathered round that city grieved him deeper than the fate of his own family, and thence at last arrived the confines of Illyria, in exile and with his wife. Weighted with woe, bowed down with years, their minds recalled the time when first disaster fell upon their house. Relating their misfortunes, Cadmus spoke. Was that a sacred dragon that my spear impaled, when on the way from Sidon's gates I planted in the earth those dragon teeth unthought of seed? If haply it's the gods, whose rage unerring gives me to revenge, I only pray that I may lengthen out as any serpent. Even as he spoke, he saw and felt himself increase in length. His body coiled into a serpent's form, bright scales enveloped his injured skin, and azure macules in speckled pride enriched his glowing folds. And as he fell supinely on his breast, his legs were joined and gradually tapered as a serpent's tail. Sometime his arms remained, which, stretching forth while tears rolled down his human face, not changed as yet, he said, O oh, hapless one, come here, my unhappy wife, while aught is left of manhood, touch me, take my hand, unchanged as yet. Ah, soon this serpent form will cover me. So did he speak, nor thought to make an end, but suddenly his tongue became twin-forked. As often as he tried, a hissing sound escaped, the only voice that nature left him. And his wife bewailed and smote her breast, Ah, Cadmus, ah, most helpless one, put off that monster shape. Your feet, your shoulders, and your hands are gone, your manly form, your very color gone. All all is changed. Oh, why not, you celestial gods, take me too to a serpent shape transform? So ended her complaint. Cadmus caressed her gently with his tongue and slid to her dear bosom, just as if he knew his wife, and he embraced her and he touched her neck. All their attendants who had seen the change were filled with fear. But when, as crested snakes, the two appeared in brightly glistening mail, 
their grief was lightened, and the pair, enwreathed in twisting coils, departed from that place and sought a covert in the nearest grove. There, then, these gentle serpents never shun mankind, nor wound nor strike with poisoned fangs, for they are always conscious of the past. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The fortune of their grandson Bacchus gave great comfort to them, as a god adored in conquered India, by Achaia praised in stately temples, but Acrisius, the son of Abbas, of the Cadmian race, remained to banish Bacchus from the walls of Argos, and to lift up hostile arms against that deity who he denied was born to Jove, he would not even grant that Perseus from the loins of Jupiter was god of Danae in the shower and gold. So mighty is the hidden power of truth. Acrisius soon lamented that affront to Bacchus, and that ever he refused to his own grandson, for the one achieved high heaven, and the other 
as he bore the viperous monster head, on sounding wings, hovered a conqueror in the fluent air over sands, Libyan, where the gorgon head dropped clots of gore that, quickening on the ground, became unnumbered serpents, fitting cause to curse with vipers that infested land. Thence wafted by the never-constant winds through boundless latitudes, now here, now there, as flits a vapor cloud in dizzy light, down looking from the lofty skies on earth, removed far, so compassed he the world. Three times did he behold the frozen bears, times thrice his gaze was on the crab's bent arms, now shifting to the west, now to the east, how often changed his course, Time came when day declining, he began to fear the night, by which he stopped his flight in the west, the realm of Atlas, where he sought repose till Lucifer might call Aurora's fires, Aurora, chariot of the day. There dwelt huge Atlas, vaster than the race of men, son of Iapetus. His lordly sway extended over those extreme domains and over oceans that command their waves to take the panting coursers of the sun and bathe the wearied chariot of the day. For him a thousand flocks, a thousand herds over wandered pasture fields, and neighbor tribes might none disturb that land. A glint with gold bright leaves adorn the trees, Boughs golden, wrought bare apples of pure gold. And Perseus spoke to Atlas, O oh, my friend, if you are moved to hear the story of a noble race, the author of my life is Jupiter. If valiant deeds perhaps are your delight, mine may deserve your praise. Behold of your kind treatment I implore, a place of rest. But Atlas, mindful of an oracle since by Themis, the Parnassian told, recalled these words. O oh, Atlas, mark the day a son of Jupiter shall come to spoil, for when your trees are stripped of golden fruit, the glory shall be his. Fearful of this, Atlas had built walls around his orchard and secured a dragon, huge, that kept perpetual guard, and thence expelled all strangers from his land. Wherefore, he said, Begone! The glory of your deeds is all pretense. Even Jupiter will fail your need. With that he added force, and strove to drive the hesitating alien from his doors, who pled reprieve or threatened with bold words. Although he dared not rival Atlas's might, Perseus made his reply. For that my love you hold in light esteem, let this be yours. He said no more, but turning his own face, he showed upon his left Medusa's head, abhorrent features. Atlas, huge and vast, becomes a mountain. His great beard and hair are forests, and his shoulders and his hands mountainous ridges, and his head the top of a high peak. His bones are changed to rocks, augmented on all sides, enormous height attains his growth, for so ordained it. You, O oh mighty gods, who now the heavens expanse, unnumbered stars, on him command to rest. In their eternal prison, Aeus, grandson of Hippotas, had shut the winds, and Lucifer, reminder of our toil, in splendor rose upon the lofty sky, and Perseus bound his wings upon his feet, on each foot bound he them, 
His sword he girt and sped, winged footed through the liquid air. Innumerous kingdoms far behind were left, till peoples Ethiopic and the land of Cepheus were beneath his lofty view. There Ammon the unjust had made decree Andromeda, the innocent, should grieve her mother's tongue. They bound her fettered arms fast to the rock. When Perseus her beheld as marble he would deem her, but the breeze moved in her hair, and from her streaming eyes the warm tears fell. Her beauty so amazed his heart, unconscious captive of her charms, that almost his swift wings forgot to wave. Alighted on the ground, he thus began, O fairest, whom these chains become not so, but worthy are for links that lovers bind. Make known to me your country's name, and yours, and wherefore bound in chains. A moment then, as overcome with shame, she made no sound. Were she not fettered, she would surely hide her blushing head. But what she could perform, that did she so, she filled her eyes with tears. So pleaded he that lest refusal seem implied confession of a crime, she told her name her country's name, and how her charms had been her mother's pride. But as she spoke, the mighty ocean roared. Over the waves a monster fast approached, its head held high, abreast the wide expanse. The virgin shrieked. No aid her wretched father gave, nor aid her still more wretched mother. But they wept and mingled lamentations with their tears, clinging distracted to her fettered form. And thus the stranger spoke to them. Time waits for tears, but flies the moment of our need, were I, who am the son of regal Jove, and her, whom he embraced in showers of gold, leaving her pregnant in the brazen cell, I, Perseus, who destroyed the gorgon, wreathed with snake hair, I, who dared on waving wings to cleave ethereal air, were, to, were I to ask the maid in marriage, I should be preferred above all others as your son-in-law. Not satisfied with deeds achieved, I strive to add such merit as the gods permit. Now, therefore, should my valor save her life, be it conditioned that I win her love. To this her parents gave a glad assent, for who should hesitate? And they entreat and promise him the kingdom as a dowry. As a great ship with steady prow speeds on, forced forwards by the sweating arms of youth, it plows the deep. So, breasting the great waves, the monster moved, until, to reach the rock, no further space remained than might the whirl of balearic string encompass through the middle skies with plummet mold of lead. That instant, spurning with his feet the ground, the youth rose upward to a cloudy height, and when the shadow of the hero marked the surface of the sea, the monster sought vainly to vent his fury on the shade. As the swift bird of Jove, when he beholds a basking serpent in an open field, exposing the sun to its mottled back, and seizes on its tail, lest it shall turn to strike with venomed fang, he fixes fast his grasping talons on the scaly neck. So did the winged youth, in rapid flight through yielding elements, press down on the great monster's back, and thrust his sword sheer to the hilt in its right shoulder. Loud its frightful torture sounded over the waves. So fought the hero son of Inachus. 
Wild with the grievous wound, the monster rears high in the air or plunges in the waves, or wheels around as turns the frightened boar, shunning the hounds around him in full cry. The hero on his active wings avoids the monster's jaws, and with his crooked sword tortures its back, Wherever he may pierce its mail of hollow shell, or strikes between the ribs each side, or wounds its lashing tail, long tapered as a fish, the monster spouts forth streams incarnadine with blood that spray upon the hero's wings, who, drenched and heavy with the spume, no longer dares to trust existence to his dripping wings. But he discerns a rock which rises clear above the water when the sea is calm, but now is covered by the lashing waves. On this he rests, and as his left hand holds firm on the utmost ledge, he thrusts his sword times more than three, unswerving in his aim, sheer through the monster's entrails. Shouts of praise resound along the shores, and even the gods may hear his glory in their high abodes. Her parents, Cepheus and Cassiopeia, most joyfully salute their son-in-law, declaring him the savior of their house. And now her chains struck off, the lovely cause and garden of his toil walks on the shore. The hero washes his victorious hands in water newly taken from the sea, but lest the sand upon the shore might harm the viper-covered head, he first prepared a bed of springy leaves, on which he threw weeds of the sea produced beneath the waves. On them he laid Medusa's awful face, daughter of Phorcus and the living weeds, fresh taken from the boundless deep, imbibed the monster's poison in their spongy pith, they hardened at the touch and fell in branch and leaf unwanted stiffness. Sea nymphs, too, attempted to perform that prodigy on numerous other weeds, with like result. So pleased at their success, they raised new seeds from plants wide scattered on the salt expanse. Even from that day, the coral has retained such wondrous nature that exposed to air, it hardens. Thus, a plant beneath the waves becomes a stone when taken from the sea. Three altars to three gods he made of turf. To you, victorious virgin, did he build an altar on the right, to Mercury an altar on the left, and unto Jove an altar in the midst. He sacrificed a heifer to Minerva, and a calf to Mercury, the wingfoot, and a bull to you, O greatest of the deities. Without a dowry he takes Andromeda, with glorious victory, nor does he hesitate, now pacing in the van, both love and hymen wave the flaring torch, abundant perfumes lavished in the flames. The houses are bedecked with wreathed flowers, and lyres and flagulets resound, and songs felicit notes that happy hearts declare. The portals open, sumptuous halls display their golden splendor, and the noble lords of Cepheus's court take places at the feast magnificently served. After the feast, when every heart was warming to the joys of genial Bacchus, then Lincidian Perseus asked about the land and its ways about the customs and the character of its heroes. 
Straightway, one of the dinner companions made reply and asked in turn, Now, valiant Perseus, pray tell the story of the deed that all may know, and what the arts and power prevailed when you struck off the serpent-covered head. There is, continued Perseus of the house of Agenor, there is a spot beneath cold Atlas, wherein the bulwarks of enormous strength to guard its rocky entrance dwelt two sisters born of Forcus. These were wont to share in turn a single eye between them. This by craft I got possession of when one essayed to hand it to the other. I put forth my hand and took it as it passed between them. Then, far remote through rocky, pathless crags over wild hills that bristled with great woods, I then arrived to where the gorgon dwelt. Along the way, in fields and by the roads, I saw on all sides men and animals, like statues, turned to flinty stone at sight of dread Medusa's visage. Nevertheless reflected on the brazen shield I bore upon my left, I saw her horrid face. When she was helpless in the power of sleep, and even her serpent hair was slumber-bound, I struck and took her head sheer from the neck. To winged Perseus the blood gave birth, his brother also, twins of rapid wing. So did he speak, and truly told, besides the peril of his journey, arduous and long, he told of seas and lands that far beneath him he had seen, and of the stars that he had touched while on his waving wings. And yet before they were aware, the tale was ended, and he was silent. Then rejoiced a noble with inquiry, why alone of those three sisters snakes were interspersed in dread Medusa's locks? And he replied, Because, O stranger, it is your desire to learn what worthy is for me to tell. Hear you the cause. Beyond all others, she was famed for beauty, and the envious hope of many suitors. Words would fail to tell the glory of her hair, most wonderful of all her charms. A friend declared to me he saw its lovely splendor. Fame declares the sovereign of the sea attained her in love, in chaste Minerva's temple. While enraged, she turned her head away and held her shield before her eyes. To punish that great crime, Minerva changed the Gorgon's splendid hair to serpents horrible, and now to strike her foes with fear, she wears upon her breast those awful vipers, creatures of her rage. Oh, nerds, nerds, nerds. Thank you all so much for listening to my obsession with reading aloud. Ovid. Ovid, uh, he's just, he's so lovely in this form. And also, um, it's too bad we didn't have a better translation of Medusa to deal with. The word love being used there was unfortunate. But here we are. Uh, you should read Stephanie McCarter's new translation. You should. 
not only is it super great and readable, but it's the first one by a woman in like over 60 years. And, you know, Medusa aside, she went about it specifically trying to push back against some of the more misogynist aspects that have been uh, inserted into Ovid by past translators, like love in the story of Poseidon and Medusa when it is explicitly assault, even in the Latin. And he, this guy said love. So he's chill. Anyway, um, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> Not only does it make it like a better reading experience, but it's also just objectively more accurate um, because the person is actively trying to like examine their own biases and the biases of past translators and look at the possibilities through that lens. And so it's just awesome. And if you haven't already listened to my conversation with Stephanie about this too, like you should, because fuck, it was fun. Okay, Let's Talk About Miss Baby is written and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith is the Hermes to my Olympians. She handles so many podcast-related things, from running the YouTube to creating promotional images and videos to editing and research and so much more. Stephanie Foley works to transcribe the podcast for YouTube captions and accessibility. The podcast is hosted and monetized by Acast. Help me to continue bringing you the world of Greek mythology and the ancient Mediterranean by becoming a patron, where you'll get bonus episodes and more. Visit patreon.com slash missbaby or click the link in this episode's description. I love reading episodes and I am live and I love this shit. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.